Some people are so good at giving back. They volunteer, they do the walks, they donate, they serve on boards, they know how to show up. And I think giving back makes us feel good because we know we've done something that's had a positive impact on someone else. But I think something happens to us when we feel like we aren't doing what we should be doing for whatever reason. We tend to feel a little guilt. We feel a little dissatisfied with our lack of effort, especially when we know that we actually do have the resources to help people. I wanted to talk about this because I've always had that feeling and I don't know if I'm alone here, but I've always felt like I should be doing more, giving more, showing up more. And it bothered me, but I never really figured out what I wanted to commit to. So I'm at this lunch one day and I heard something that made me realize, wait, 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 wait. I have been giving back this whole time, but I'm doing it in a way that's authentic to who I am. And it's in line with how I want to serve. So I asked her, come on the podcast, share this perspective, and get us thinking about what really matters to us. Her name is Alicia Zeems. She's a gaming executive. She's based in Las Vegas. And she has been paying it forward in a way that is so natural for her. And that effort has had such a positive impact, not only on the people that she's giving opportunities to, but also on her. And I think that that's just really important. So for anyone that's ever struggled with how they can give back, this is for you. Let's talk about it. The Fields Effect. So we're at lunch the other day. We're talking and you said something that really caught my ear and it got my attention because it hit a chord with me because it's something that I've struggled with for a really long time. And I'm paraphrasing, but you said the way that you give back to the community, to people, to society is by providing an opportunity via employment. And when I thought about that, I thought, Wow, I always thought about giving back as I need to be connected to a charity, I'm donating my time, I'm donating my money, and I'm making this commitment. And I always struggled because I want to be better in this area, right? It's something that I always want to do. And I feel like you should do it at a certain point in your life when you're able to give back. But I never looked at it like that. And it was so interesting to me. I wanted to get you on. I wanted you to be able to tell people from your perspective how you see it and how you contribute so that they have an opportunity to maybe do something that's more authentic to them and give back in a way that they can actually really make a difference because it's natural. So tell me when you say providing an opportunity via employment, tell me what it looks like to you. Like, what does that mean in practice? So I think to start out with, one of the cornerstones of my philosophy is that leadership is a service. Gone are the days of white tower management when people (laughs) just sit in a tower, look over their minions or staff and don't really have an involvement in the day to day. You're a number, not a person. I've had a lot of those bosses Mm -hmm. kind of coming through my own I've had a lot of really odd jobs. I was one of the people that suffered with not really knowing what I wanted to do when I grew up. Right. So I tried my hand in purchasing and I tried my hand in buying and uh, doing minor sales, which I knew quickly I wanted to get out of, and then finding the niche. But the one thing along the way is because I really didn't seem to have the direction, Mm -hmm. I needed people to give me opportunities to Mm -hmm. show 
that I could do this job. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. Just give it to me. And through the opportunities, I've been able to build a really successful career once I've found my niche. Right. And even prior to then, those opportunities were given to me because somebody saw something in me. And I knew that as I went through good bosses, terrible bosses, mediocre bosses, mm -hmm. what I wanted to build for myself when I became that leader. I think when I was about fourth grade, I was interviewed for my school newspaper and they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I instantly said teacher. Mm -hmm. And then I got into junior high and I realized the kids were terrible to teachers. Right. And then I didn't want to do that anymore. Right. So I think innately I wanted to teach. I want to show people what I know to be able to show them, hey, you can have this and beyond if you do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So somebody somebody gave you an opportunity you made something out of it to the point where you're able to now give back. Is that what inspired you? Was it the way that it made you feel that you felt like, okay, now when I get into position, this is what I'm going to do? Or how did you really understand that, that you were making a difference and you were giving back versus a manager hiring a position, but that this was actually you know, a service that you were doing and something that you feel passionate about that you understand, you know, how your contribution is really impacting people. I, I think it had more to do with, I didn't, I wasn't one of the people that went to college full time mm -hmm. after high school. Mm -hmm. I took a class here. I took a class there. I felt like I was this long, lifelong student. <laughs> I can relate. Right. So I didn't have the pedigree that I felt that I probably should have had compared to my peers to go for the job, the job, right? That was going to capture my essence and I was going to have this career. Mind you, I didn't know what kind of essence I had yeah. or where I wanted to go, but I didn't have this calling. Yeah. And I always felt like, gosh, I just need somebody to give me a shot. Yeah. And then, as you know, I ended up going to college in my 30s. Yes. Uh, not the most efficient or effective way looking back, you but got it, it worked. Done. We got it done. Yeah. We got it done. It worked. And I always thought there are so many other people out there like me mm -hmm. that didn't go to college right mm -hmm. out of high school for whatever their reasons mm -hmm. were. Yeah, that was me. Right. That thought, okay, maybe one day or I can't afford it because I have to work full time, which was mostly in my case. And, you know, you work in the side hustle on the weekends. You have no time to do anything like school related in, in that area. But you just get caught up. You do. And, and I felt like I missed the mark. I didn't do it in the traditional way so that there wasn't an opportunity. Right. So when that came back around and it finally happened, I mean, you, you have to get pushed a little to do that. Someone, you know, needs to expose you so that you understand, you know, you do have an opportunity if you want it. Right. Working and going to school like drove me into the ground. Right. But yet <laughs> when I, I did it in my thirties, like it was nothing. Yeah. And uh, mom, I was a vice president, like all of these things were still happening. Yeah. So looking back on those four years, I'm like, I don't even understand how I did it, but right. here we are. So it was important to me to fill that space for people like me who either didn't have the resources, the money, the time, whatever their situation was, but still deserved to have a career. Right. And just because you don't have the degree, that doesn't mean you're not worthy of a great job. Yeah. And I think there's always this stigma, at least for me, applying for jobs. Do you have a college degree? No, but I have enough to probably get my associates at this point. But it's just all this eclectic class here, class there. Right. 
And I, I was still worthy at the end of the day to have, have a great job or a career. And that's important to me to be able to give back in that way. I mean, we've done the traditional stuff. We've done, you know, the walk for autism. We've gone, done the Habitat for Humanity, this three square volunteering. And that matters as well. Right. But like in my daily, there is nothing that makes me happier than standing up in front of people who don't know and giving them information to where they feel they they do know. I want them standing in line at the grocery store. And if someone asks them where they work, oh, I work here. Oh, yeah. Now, what do you do there? I want them to be excited and be able to understand not just the job you're doing, but how it interlocks with all the, uh, I mean, teach them the business model from the top down because it matters. Mm -hmm. You'll generate employees that feel like they have that vested interest in the company because they know how it all works and they know how their contribution clicks in for the overall result. And I think that's important for you to know. So when once they're hired, you're doing a, like a continuous learning with them. You're constantly. Oh, absolutely. We've gone out on field trips. We've gone to a casino. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few contacts where they've taken a kind of behind the scenes. This is how this whole thing kind of operates. Anytime we have like regulations that are coming in that may change the face of part of our industry, it's important for them to understand why. Yeah. And they need to they need to know the story in order to be able to absorb it. So the ongoing information is critical and the ongoing teaching and learning capacity is critical. I've been in gaming compliance over what 20 over 23 years now and it's still different. The the players shift, the products change. I had a lot of great people along the way tell me what I needed to do, how do I fill this out, who do I submit it to? You're dealing with government agencies like right. <laughs> if you don't if you don't have a map you're not going to get there. So you and built they, a lot of good relationships. Absolutely. But I built those relationships coming, you know, open-handed. Right. I don't know what to do. Right. Please teach me. Right. And then turning that around and being able to take those resources and put that back onto my teams and staff. It's all about educating what it is that we do and how we do it. Right. Let's say someone is not in a hiring position. They they aren't able to provide an opportunity in that way, but this resonates with them. And they want to figure out how they can open the door or how they can provide an opportunity in this space. What do you suggest? I think the most important part is you you've got to understand that it's not all just about getting a paycheck Mm -hmm. or a raise. Mm -hmm. It's what are you going to do to be vested in your job as a career? Meaning you've got to, you've got to learn more than just your scope of work Mm -hmm. and then be able to be open for any other opportunity to be able to say, Oh, you need help, you know, putting together that report. I'm, I'm in. Let me, let me help with that. Or where does this information go? There are all these little micro things that you can do because let's, let's be clear. The day of one person knowing how to do the one thing that nobody else in the entire office knows how to do, they're gone. They're gone. Your value to yourself for your brand to your organization is being spread horizontally. You have more coverage of what you do, what you know, how you execute, if you're doing more than what it is your daily expectation or output is expected. Yeah, I always say that the people that we want on our team are the ones that come from the perspective of contributing and adding value. 
Correct. And that's it. With the parameters gone, I want to contribute and I want to add value in whatever that looks like. Because if you come from that space, you're going to then open doors. You're going to then enter into spaces and make a difference in areas that you wouldn't have done if you were confined to those parameters of, you know, this is the scope of what I'm here to do and that's it. Yeah. I mean, hoarding in the past was seen as job security. Yeah. Well, if I'm the only one that knows how to do it. They have to pay me because I'm a specialist. Well, guess what? In compliance, we are the only ones that know how to do it. That doesn't make you any special, right. more special than somebody before because the job still has to get done. Yeah. But if you understand how you intersect and you have that relative experience, Kim, how many times did we spread an announcement all over the floor, <laughs> right? And yeah. someone was doing labels, someone was pushing, but right. and not for one minute did anybody over on the in the other department say, oh, I'm not doing that. It, even a stuffing envelopes, you're getting more exposure to different levels of people in ways that you normally wouldn't if you sat at your desk and collected a paycheck. Right. Well, I'm grateful for the conversation because I really have been hung up on this one traditional way to give back. And it bothers me. It's just always bothered me because I didn't feel like I was doing my part. And after this conversation that we had at lunch, I thought, no, I'm doing this in so many ways. I just wasn't looking at it that way. I was looking at it as just a natural, normal thing that I do and didn't realize I'm really making a difference in all of these places. Yes. And so because of your perspective, I was able to see it that way. So what kind of advice would you give someone if they say, listen, I don't know exactly how I want to give back. I want to be more open to alternative ways. How do they discover what it is about them or how do they discover the best way for them to give back in an authentic way? You know, I think you have to find your feel good point, whether whether it's at church, whether it's at school, whether it's within your family, whether it's your community. What is it that feels best for you to give back? Is it your time and going with the pre-K kids at daycare that your children go to and pulling in an art project and having everyone collaborate and interact? Is it volunteering after church to make sure everything's set and assisting there in some way? Uh, Finding friends, maybe someone had a surgery and you need to do something special and make your famous casserole or drop off some muffins. I mean, even just a new mom friend, just wash my hair. I mean, it doesn't have to be these monumental Mm -hmm. Instagram worthy (laughs) moments, right? Because the best work done is when no one is watching. Right. And being in community, provided you want to, I'm not saying everybody wants to click in and be part of community and you live your life too. But if you are looking for some way to get back, it doesn't have to be, you know, building a back wall for Habitat for Humanity. It could be something small at work. What do I need to do for myself to be able to close my eyes at the end of the day and feel like I feel like I made my point? And why do you think it's important for people to give back And what do you think it does for us as the giver? I think it's important because, you know, we're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. For me, it's just a sense of belonging. I want to leave you with this. After the lunch, I'm thinking about the fact that I'm going to ask you to do this topic and that we're going to get on the pod and we're going to talk about it. And I saw a quote and it said, kindness is not what you do 
but it's who you are. Yes. And I just want to say thank you because you helped me see things differently. Now I feel better (laughs) about what I'm doing. I don't feel so low, but um, no, you helped me see things differently. And I just hope that this resonates with someone else and that they understand there are non-traditional ways to give back and that they just have to open themselves up to see what's natural to them and how they're able to authentically do that. So thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. For more of The Fields Effect, check us out at thefieldseffect.com or connect with us on Instagram at The Fields Effect. Guys, click the follow button and lock in with us because sometimes looking at a situation from a different lens can change your whole experience. I'm Kimberly Fields. Thanks for listening.